We got a new twist on the Nick Saban, Jimbo Fisher drama this week, and the Aggies are headed to Omaha, all on this episode of the Locked On Aggies podcast. You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the all-new Locked On Aggies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Aggies your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. I am your host, Joey Ikes. <clears throat> Let's jump into it here. We got a new twist in the Nick Saban-Jimbo Fisher feud this week, and man, it's juicy. So we all remember the comments that Nick Saban made about AM, about name, image, and likeness, and about the 2022 recruiting class. And then we also, of course, we remember the fiery Jimbo Fisher press conference where he sort of answered the allegations and made some allegations of his own. What makes this even better is that according to a report from On3 on Monday of this week, Texas A&M Athletic Director Ross Bjork, the university president, and some other A&M administrators sent a letter, really an email, to SEC Commissioner John Sankey requesting that the league bring punishment, either fines or suspensions, on Nick Saban. And they cited the fact that Saban violated SEC bylaws related to sportsmanship between coaches and universities. Um, and so the SEC took the letter and had a, a conference call with, with Jimbo and with the AM group, and they urged Jimbo essentially, like, Hey, do not, you know, escalate this. Let this thing die. We will handle it, et cetera, et cetera. And Jimbo wanted no part of it. And I love it. We talked on our podcast last week about how Jimbo Fisher is not scared of anybody. He was not scared of Nick Saban. And you can add the SEC conference to the list of people that Jimbo is not running from. They had the phone call. Jimbo heard the message, hey, let's dial it back. Don't escalate it. Let this thing de-escalate. And Jimbo goes out and lights into Nick Saban. Absolutely love it as an AM fan. And according to the story from On3, Greg Sankey was in the middle of writing his reprimand statement about Saban when he got word of Jimbo's press conference. And I love it. I can just imagine Sankey sitting there, you know, working with his PR people or his assistant working on, hey, how are we going to word this exactly to make sure that what we say and what we put in the statement echoes exactly what we're talking about, what we want to say about the situation, how we want to handle this. And then Jimbo just comes in, firing the hole, and throws a grenade into the situation and completely blows it up. And Jimbo, we talked about it last week, he was not going to stand by and wait on the conference. He was not going to stand by and wait on anybody else to stand up for his players, for his program, for his coaches, for the boosters that support them. He was going to bat. He was going to the mats. For his folks and we absolutely love it 
So then we we wind up getting the public reprimands from the uh, from the conference to Jimbo and to Nick Saban. I can just imagine the pivot that happened there in the SEC offices. I absolutely love it. This just brings more intrigue and excitement to me for the 2022 college football season. It brings more excitement for that October 8th matchup between A&M and Alabama when they are going to go to war on that football field, and it is going to be awesome to watch. I can't wait. And another thing that I can't wait for is to tell you guys very quickly about Built Bar. So you know our friends at Built Bar are always coming out with new flavors, and this time, I got to tell you, they have outdone themselves. Let me tell you what the flavor is. Mud Pie. If you're not sure what mud pie tastes like, if you're a chocolate fan, you better be sitting down for this. The new mud pie bar is whipped cream and chocolate mousse smothered in 100% real chocolate topped with cookies and cream crumble. Now tell me that doesn't sound delicious. Again, rich whipped cream and chocolate mousse smothered in chocolate topped in cookies and cream crumble. So delicious, so great. You've got to try it as soon as possible. It is only available for a limited time. Visit Built.com to grab the deliciousness for yourself. Also, if you're not convinced yet, one more thing. Not only is it delicious, it's actually good for you. Yes, that's right. Low calories, high protein, low sugar. Mud Pie specifically has 16 grams of protein, only 150 calories and eight grams of sugar. It's like your mom baked the most delicious, creamy chocolate mud pie and wrapped it up just for you and made it good for you. Mud pie bars and puffs are available at built.com right now. They're going fast because you know why. They're delicious. Like all built bars, they're covered 100% in real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty. What's great about built is that their bars are always amazing and they're always coming out with new flavors here's our offer for today built.com locked 15 is the promo code built.com locked 15 15 off at built.com get your mud pie bars and puffs today okay and now more big news in Aggieland. The Aggies are headed to Omaha. They are actually leaving from College Station to Omaha today on Wednesday. And they're traveling to Omaha to prepare for the College World Series. This is the first trip to the College World Series for AM since 2017. Coach Jim Sloshnagel was hired almost exactly one year ago, is going to the College World Series for the sixth time in his career. He went five times at TCU, now making his first trip to, to Omaha with AM. And let me tell you, this team is so insanely fun. If you have not been following this team, you have been missing out. Miss out no more. They kick off the, the entire bracket. They play game number one Friday the 17th at 1 p.m. Central Time against Oklahoma. So they are in the top half of the bracket. Bracket number one, their opponents are Texas, 
Oklahoma, and Notre Dame. So they bracket play, pool play, group play, however you want to call it. Double elimination starts this Friday. Before we get into a little more details about those guys, let me tell you about the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft. Starts June 16th. Over 50 insiders, and nothing will equal this mock draft. The Locked On NBA Big Board experts plus Odyssey insiders. The first pick is June 16th. Search Ultimate NBA Mock Draft and follow now so you don't miss a pick. Okay, so let's talk about the teams in the top half. Bracket number one. We got to start with TU, right? We got to start with Texas. They had to scramble to come back against Eastern Carolina. They were down, I believe, eight to one or nine to one in the seventh inning of game two of that series and had to scramble back to win nine to eight to avoid being eliminated. Um, one in walk off fashion in game two. Awesome win. Came back, won game three the next day, qualified for the College World Series. Just as a reminder, AM did play Texas in the regular season, beat them 12 to nine at Texas. So AM does have a track record against Texas. Oklahoma, on the other hand, got to the College World Series um, by beating and upsetting number four seeded Virginia Tech. So Oklahoma beat Virginia Tech game two out of three games to get to the College World Series, and that will be A&M's first opponent in Omaha. The last team in the bracket is Notre Dame, and Notre Dame did what I don't think anybody who follows college baseball thought would happen they took down the Death Star. So they beat Tennessee, the number one team in the country. Tennessee this year was the Alabama of college fo- of college baseball. They had over 50 wins, unbelievable team all year long, and Notre Dame took them down in three games. The funny stat about that weekend, Notre Dame was actually outscored 21-19 to 19 on the weekend, but they managed to win two close games. I think they beat Tennessee by two runs in both of those games, and then Tennessee beat them by six or eight runs in in the second game to tie the series before before Notre Dame was able to win it. So unbelievable job by Notre Dame to take out Tennessee and make everybody else's path through the College World Series a little more interesting because now Tennessee no longer sits there as the uh, as the Death Star, like I said. Like I mentioned a few minutes ago, The first game for the Aggies is Friday, June 17th on ESPN, the big network, 1 p.m. Central Time. Check it out. We're going to get into some questions for the Aggies going into the College World Series. What are some questions we got to have answered for the Aggies if they want to win the College World Series? We'll get to that right after the break. Okay. So what are the questions, the question marks for AM heading in to Omaha? It has to start for me with fielding, with defense. So AM on the season committed 75 errors throughout the regular season and conference season and tournaments. 75 errors, 48 unearned runs. This AM team has been a blast to follow because they've never been fully out of any game. They have been the comeback kids. They did it twice in the super regionals. They did it in the regionals. They have been unbelievable coming from behind, but a lot of those come from behind victories have come because 
they've been behind due to unearned runs as a result of fielding errors. If A&M wants to make a run in Omaha, if they want to get out of bracket play and advance to that three-game championship series and have a chance to win the whole thing, they have to play good defense over the course of the next week or two. They just have to. If they don't play defense, they're going to get run out of Omaha, and it's not going to be pretty. These guys are tough. These guys are scrappy. These guys are going to play incredibly hard. They have to play clean defensively in the field if they want to be able to win these games and make a run. The second question for me, it comes down to pitching depth. The College World Series and really this whole conference tournament, regionals, super regionals, College World Series gauntlet is exactly that. This period of this season will test your pitching depth like no other part of the season will. In the regular season, if you win two out of three games on a weekend series, that's great. You win two games, you move forward. Your non-conference games don't mean nearly as much on the during the week, so you figure out the pitching there. You have two or three good starting pitchers and maybe one or two good relievers, and you can get through the regular season. A&M has two really high-level starting pitchers in Micah Dallas and Nathan Detmer who have been unbelievable for them. Each one of them had their turn as SEC Pitchers of the Week. Nathan Detmer took it down twice. He was unbelievable during the regular season. Micah Dallas started really well, had a little bit of a down period, but had a really, really, really solid couple of outings in the conference tournament, then the regionals, then the super regionals. And those two guys have been the stalwarts of this starting rotation. The third guy who started the most games throughout the regular season is Ryan Prager. He's got 15 starts or so. Um, if AM wants to make a run, he has to perform up a level, up to like what Micah Dallas and Nathan Detmer have been performing at. Those starters have to eat innings because if they don't, the bullpen will absolutely get worn down. There's too many games that are too high stress. We see it in these playoff type baseball atmospheres all the time where these guys come in and now every pitch means so much more than it means in a regular season Tuesday game against Dallas Baptist in April. You get in Omaha, you get in June, the crowds are huge, you're on ESPN, everything is higher stakes, higher stress, high leverage, and that creates stress on the pitchers, which can cause problems in terms of their ability to continue to take on work. In terms of the bullpen, Jacob Palish has been the guy for AM this year. Jim Schlossnagel trusts him so much, he made a boss move in game two of the Super Regionals. In the bottom of the ninth inning, with one out and a runner on first base, AM was winning <clears throat> by one run. There was a 3 2 count to a batter, to one of Louisville's best batters. Jim Schlossnagel went to the bullpen after four or five foul balls in a row. And it was funny because the announcers were talking at the time about how the longer the at-bat went, the more favor it switched to the batter. The more pitches the batter got to see from the pitcher, the better it was for him. 
because he got to see the pitches and see the different ones. And as long as he could keep fighting them off, he was going to find a way to either walk or find his way on base and keep the inning going. And Schlossnagel, Coach Schloss, makes the boss move of the year and brings in a new reliever at 3-2 in the bottom of the ninth with a runner on base to change that angle, to change that view and that timing for that batter. Next pitch, strike three. Jacob Palish gets out of the inning. Two more outs. Aggies win 4-3. to three. That's how much trust Coach Schloss has in Jacob. And he's had it all year. He's been there every time that they've needed him. He's been unbelievable. Behind him, there's a couple more guys, Chris Cortez, Joseph Minifee, and Brad Rudis, the freshman who was in the game and got that count to 3-2 after eating up a couple innings in relief, pitching unbelievable, putting AM in position to come back and win that game. Those three guys have been reliable in the bullpen for AM. Those are the guys who've eaten up the most innings, faced the most at bats, and been the guys that Schloss has turned to. The guys behind those four, those are the ones that I'm talking about that really need to be able to step up and pitch in these higher leverage situations in the College World Series for AM in order for them to make a deep run. I'm talking about guys like Christian Curtis, Robert Hogan, Wyatt Tucker, Raleigh Hector, those guys from a pitching standpoint absolutely have to have it going. They have to give AM an inning or two in a couple of these games without putting up crooked numbers, get in and out of the inning, and allow us to turn the lineup over without the game getting out of hand. If they can do that, AM will be in great position. The third and final question is. Can the bats stay consistent? So in game one of the Super Regionals, it was extremely uncharacteristic for AM. All year, guys like Dylan Rock, Ryan Targotch, and Austin Boast have been the center of that AM lineup and been the core of the offense. They've been unbelievable all year. They combined to go one for 12 with five strikeouts and left a ton of guys on base in game one of the Super Regionals. But guys like Brett Minnick, guys like um, Troy Clanch, um, those guys, along with some others, were able to pick up where their leaders, the guys who carried the team for a lot of the year, left off. They were able to pick that up, get the hits that they needed. Troy Clanch, Mr. Clutch, with the walk-off single to right field to win the game. And... If AM is going to make a run in Omaha, those guys, the entire lineup up and down, are going to have to hit. The pitching gets better. The opposing hitters get better. As I mentioned, AM is going to have to play defense. They're going to have to pitch really well, but their bats are going to have to be going. You have to score runs to win in Omaha. And if AM can score, they can beat anybody. They've proven it all year long. They There are four SEC teams in the tournament. AM won. AM is one of them, obviously. They beat two of the three um, in series. The only ones that they lost to, they lost the series to Auburn, was the last SEC series that they lost for the year. AM is in a great position. The uh the odds makers want you to think AM is one of the one of the lower teams in the in the tournament. 
They want you to think they don't have a, a great chance to win the College World Series. Don't believe it. Believe in this A&M team. Root them on. Go to Omaha. Take your bubbles with you. Root for this team. Show them. Show the nation what it means to be an Aggie. Show them what the experience is like to watch an A&M team play live and watch this team take a run at history. Guys, thanks for joining me today. That is your show. Again, I am Joey Ikes. You can find me on Twitter at Joey Ikes. You can read my writing at aggieswire.usatoday.com. Follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnAggies. Please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. Please also check out our YouTube channel if you're listening to this on audio. We are Locked on Aggies. Be sure to do all the YouTube things. Like, comment, share, subscribe. Hit the notification bell. Rate and review us on Apple. Rate and review us on Google Play. And please come back. We got some preview episodes coming up for the College World Series. Great things coming. Big year 2022 for Texas A&M Sports. We are excited to be here with you following along. And thanks for making us your first listen. Now make sure your second listen is the Locked On Big Big Board Podcast. Raphael, Richard, Sam, and Leaf do great things. They give fans an in-depth look at the biggest prospects, the latest player rankings, and of course, everybody loves big boards. Follow Locked On NBA Big Board every day on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.